Hi, this is Martin from Jobber Talk, and I would like to give a slight correction of the following chapter you'll be listening to. We thought the Canto Chaos Classic came before the Bombay versus Apocalypse match in Renaissance 2014. Apparently, it's the other way around. So uh, please ignore our slight uh, error in the sequences of Renaissance 1 and enjoy this chapter 1. Take it away, guys. Jobber Talk with Martin. Martin. Jobber Talk with Martin. Jobber Talk with Martin. Hey, welcome to Chapter 1 of our PWR Recap, where we will talk to you about Renaissance 2014, the very first official PWR event that was ever staged at Makati Cinema Square. I am your host, Martin. It was September 27, 2014 at the Makati Cinema Square Arena in Makati City, where the very first PWR event, Renaissance, was delivered to an awesome crowd of people inside that arena. And by awesome, I mean the PWR faithful who were there since day one. First things you need to talk about here is the setting of the PWR arena at the Makati Cinema Square. It wasn't your standard wrestling ring. It didn't have turnbuckles. It didn't have the standard tree ropes. It wasn't at the same dimensions. Actually, it was more akin to a boxing ring with four ropes... And then on the corner, there's even a pad. You won't see the turnbuckles per se. There's just four ropes on four corners. And then afterwards, you'll see a uh, the mat's not the standard wrestling mat. It's more of the blue mats. Y- you know that Lego style mat? The, the one we use maybe for gym class when we're in college or in high school or wherever. That's the kind of uh, mats they had for the ring. The other interesting thing to note about in Renaissance 1 would be the lighting. Now, the lighting, it had different colors. At one point, it will go blue, the next red, and then blue again, and then maybe a bit of purple or green at one point or the other. Basically, it was like a discotheque-ish lighting, which added a unique dimension to Renaissance. But at the same time... Maybe they were also playing around the... Uh, you know, they were just playing around with the lights and seeing if it works in the first event. Well, it only worked for PWR Renaissance because thankfully they would ditch the whole concept in Terminus and they found better lighting. You know, not so colored lights. Normal lights. I think it might have also distracted the wrestlers inside the ring as well good move by ditching this type of lighting for the next one which will be in volume 1 chapter 2 PWR Terminus listen to it in the coming weeks now back to chapter 1 and the last one to note of is Makati Cinema Square itself the MCS Makati Cinema Square it was a nice place to set up as the first HQ or the first arena of PWR if you ask me it had that gritty 
indie pro wrestling feel that you'll see in other independent wrestling promotions. And now let's go on to the action. Let's go to the first segment. It was the royal flush of Brian Leo, Scarlett, and Robin Sane. So obviously, Brian Leo is the king of the royal flush. Scarlett is the queen, and at this point, Scarlett would really show why she is called Scarlett, because she had flowing red locks of hair, and looking cool at the same time. And then we go to the current jack-of-all-trades at that time, Robin Sane. He had that, I don't know, Matrix-esque trench coat and shades. It makes you look like he's the Neo guy of the group. With Brian Leo as the sort of the Morpheus. Or as Nisi would call it, uh, Nisi from Rappler. He has that Nigel McGuinness, uh, McGuinness style feel of him. He was so flamboyant and classy. Hence the name classical Brian Leo. The trio of bad guys were running down the third worlders. Shout out to Third World Linux and Third World Gaming. And proving that they were better than them. Because the Royal Flush, they come from the First World Country. So the First Worlders were the perfect bad guys to start off the show. And then we got saved by the man himself. The Masked Marauder. The guy who wants to go right instead of left. Mayhem Brannigan. After verbally owning or humiliating Brian Leo and friends, it goes to a one-on-one match between Mayhem and Robin Sane. The very first PWR match in Makati Cinema Square and in PWR history. Mayhem had a good showing. He gave off his technical prowess, his mat work was solid, he was kicking Robin Sane's butt, he did some dives. Basically, Chapter 1 really showed the strength of Mayhem Brannigan in the PWR arena. And Robin Sane was the perfect guy to have fought with him inside that ring. I don't know, this this is a very weird conundrum we're gonna have throughout the next few chapters. Because for me, this is where I felt Mayhem had one of his best matches in PWR. Had Robin Sane stayed, this would have been a very good rivalry. And we'll talk about PWR rivalries in the next match. Robin Sane also was a bit of a good hand. He showed off his high flying techniques. He went top rope, even though this was the ring where it wasn't that sturdy yet to go top rope. So it's only a handful of wrestlers who would go top rope from the first handful of shows before moving to the PWR Arena in iAcademy Auditorium. The match ended prematurely when Mayhem Brannigan delivered his rock and roll or his DDT-esque move and KO'd Robin Sane. Now, storyline-wise, it proved how dangerous quote-unquote Mayhem Brannigan was. And how big of a badass he was. So that's cool. What wasn't cool. What really rubbed me the wrong way. Was that finish. I mean you could have done that. With submission. With pinfall. Not a KO finish. 
was it a uh, punch to the head? Was it a KO punch like Big Show? No, it was the rock and roll. You you can prove it was effective by pinning the guy, not by, oh my God, he's out cold. Hey, let me check his pulse. Oh, oh God, he's knocked out. Hey, and the match. That, that's cool and all, but that was a cop out. That that went off like a fart in the church. You had a good thing going that night. And this really, it ruined it. Basically, it ruined the great momentum both men had. But I guess storyline-wise, okay, that's a way maybe for them to write off Robin Sane because this would be the first and final match of Robin Sane in 2014 and in 2015. God knows if he's coming back 2016 while we're recording this in January. Not yet as of now. If he does return, hey, at least he has a storyline where he'll come back to have vengeance against the Mayhem Brannigan guy. But does that make him come back with the Royal Flush and become the new Jack again? Because right now, the Jack has been vacated because John Sebastian, the second Jack of the Royal Flush, is now the Ace Hole. Yeah, Brian Leo actually calls him the Ace Hole. Comically. You know, that's funny. Anyway, let's go from a match that would have been a good potential rivalry to... A match that cemented or that started one of PWR's biggest rivalries of all time. Chris Panzer and the Ken Warren. Now Chris Panzer is one of the most over baby faces or good guys in PWR. If you compare him to the likes of Bombay or JDL, he's like second or third be- behind them. He has the uh, ladies going... The kids loving him. Panzermanium. Whoops. Panzermonium was running wild at MCS when he entered that ring. And he was still like a clean cut white meat babyface like Jumpin' Jim Rouse. Although he had tattoos. So that's the difference. So not too much clean cut Jumpin' White Meat babyface. The Ken Warren really had his character fit to a T even on the first event. He had this. He was looking at himself with a cell phone. He was in tune with his character with social media. Sinister. He was trying to get the Wi-Fi in MCS. Sadly, the Wi-Fi in MCS is kind of weak, so he had to use his own Wi-Fi in this match. Ken Warren. Uh, he he's cocky and he knows it. That character he had. It's. It's so easy to hate on him. But some of the guys, the gals, really like him because he is so confident. But he's still a heel. We know he's a heel. We'll still boo him sometimes, but we kind of like him. I, I mark out. Personally, I mark out for the guy, Ken Warren. Panzer's cool too. You know, don't worry, stuff. We love you too. Anyway, match. The match of Warren and Panzer really showed how these two have chemistry, even in their first match. Uh, Warren did his whole cocky heel stick, and it, and it's in his move set. Panzer, his hard hitting, you know, good guy thing, that was good. But the ending saw someone connecting to his Wi-Fi. Or his winning finish. And one, two, three. Ken Warren wins the series. He's now one 
zero and it's gonna be hashtag that next match will be Main Max versus Mike Vargas now Mike Vargas uh, I like his uh, theme song because it reminded me of NBA Live why? because it's 10% luck 20% skill 15% something something power of will 5% pleasure 50% pain and 100% reason to remember the name yeah that was awkward I will not do that again long story short I loved his entrance music him and Max were the brawler type wrestlers and it could show here main Max is a silent but deadly big guy Vargas was this very cool dude who can tangle with the biggest and baddest of the PWR it was PWR's heavy hitters duking it out in the squared circle sadly after power moves uh, some clubs here and there big boots it was Mike Vargas who kicked main Max in the face with the mugshot baby after the match though main Max returned the favor and kicked Mike Vargas in the ass choke bombed him BAM left the ring thus starts the reign of terror of main Max that night they will rue the night they were chanting bonjing at this big fella because in the next match he would come out again but before we would talk about him coming again we would go to the next match it was the Kanto Chaos Classic with one of my favorite guys of all time Kanto Terror yes his name is Kanto Terror the guy from Barangay 69 sa Kanto ng Tino Street Mandaluyong represent baby yeah he was escorted by PWR officials a, uh, because he was too drunk to even walk to the ringside and he came to the ringside area to the song of Lak Lak and it was so awesome and against Kanto Terror was Epitaph the mysterious guy from Parts Unknown I guess and the Nelson Jr. Coming out through the ringside area with a basketball in his one hand. He's dribbling, he's dribbling, he's coming out with that Harlem Globetrotters theme song. And then he does a slam dunk with a ball on the referee. That was one of the most entertaining entrances I've ever seen in PWR history. And here's hoping that one day he will come back. Yeah, I'm... I have, I'm, I'm wistfully thinking he would come back. Please come back, Nelson Jr. You are too epically awesome to not come back. Because of the gimmick, I like the gimmick. If Kanto Terror was the Barangay Siga drunk guy, D. Nelson Jr. is the Barangay baller, they would have formed an awesome tag team. Hell, no, no, wait. They would form an awesome trio with the prom D. Mark D. Manalo. That's like the three-man band, but their face. You know, they're good guys. That would have been nice. Anyway, back to the match. It was a even matchup because it was mostly Epitaph versus D. Nelson Jr. While Kanto Terror was so drunk outside the ring. There were a chance of defense. 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 For D. Nelson Jr. as he was in control 
on Epitaph and Kanto Terror when he eventually got up. Sadly, Kanto Terror had a trick up his sleeve. Well, Kanto Terror was being Kanto Terror because he was awesomely kicking people's ass left and right after he got back in the ring. And he finished the job with a sumpak, a spear, and a lakastama, high impact elbow smash on his opponent. And he won that damn Kanto Chaos Classic. Because he's Kanto Terror. And he's a badass. And he's my favorite wrestler of all time. Okay, maybe because I'm biased because he's from Mandaluyong. I'm from Mandaluyong. Mandaluyong represent. And then it happens. Main Max enters and kicks everyone's ass. Again and again and again. Oh my... Choke bomb on Kantotero. Choke bomb on Epitaph. Choke bomb on the baller known as D. Nelson Jr. And Main Max left the ringside again with a laid down bodies in the ring. Next match would be another hardcore style match. And this is a literal hardcore match. And it's between the Apocalypse versus Bombay Suarez. The Apocalypse is like the Kane Undertaker mold for PWR. He's the masked lunatic. He is the enigmatic man. He's mysterious. He really just likes to make people suffer in the ringside. And even here in Renaissance, he proved so. He put his body on the line just to make Bombay hurt all over. I mean, he did that Undertaker-style dive. He powerbombed Bombay in that last-minute arranged table chair thing. Basically, two monoblock chairs, and it was sandwiching a steel chair, and he powerbombed Bombay there. Oh my god, that was brutal. Bombay is like the heart and soul of PWR. He's like the Tommy Dreamer. He is like the guy who you want to rally for, because he is the guy who really, really embodies the strength, the character, the resolve, the spirit of PWR. He does not give up. He wants to kick ass. And he will get up every time people try to get him down in the ringside. That's why he's a heart and soul of PWR. And it showed here in the uh, match. Everything that Apocalypse was giving him. He was giving back. He was getting back from it. He was... Even that power bomb, man. He, he, he fought back. This was one of the most memorable matches I had here in Renaissance. And it ended with a kick of the day, uh, Enzugiri kick to the back of Apocalypse's head. And it gave Bombay that much needed win, that much needed confident Wait, And that gave Bombay his very first win here in the very first PWR event. And he gon' kill that bitch, and he did. Sadly, guess who came back at ringside? Main Max. Main Max choke bombed off F out of Apocalypse. And he was asked for a comment either in this match or the prior match. And all he did was just look at the guy and left. That was silent rage of Main Max. That was a character I really looked forward to having consistently. Like Main Max just being silent and kicking people's ass and leaving. 
but the booking of main max this night was a bit 50 50 i like the fact that he would go on and tear down people left and right after his matches after their matches to establish that he's a badass and you shouldn't mess with him sadly they could have done that by starting off with him winning you know because when he did the choke bomb on Mike Vargas it didn't make him look like a badass or an unstoppable force he got stopped by a mugshot he looked more like a sore loser in the Kanto Chaos Classic it made him look like a bully but that's good because that made him look like he knows that he can throw his weight around his power around his strength around and no one can do anything about it and in the last match he gave notice to Apocalypse that you're not the only big bad wolf here in the PWR main max is here biatch but his loss kind of ruined that but that's just my personal take on it he could have just won so he could have continued on with the whole push some people say well that's an overkill you're making him look like super Cena although bad guy version I'm saying hey if you want to build up an unstoppable force in main max give him a win beat people up and never have him lose maybe except through DQ but never make him be pinned or submitted to in the next few events if that's what you're going for here in renaissance and I think that's what they were trying to go for and uh, we'll talk about that more in chapter 2 anyway the main event is the guy known as classical Brian Leo who we got to know of in the start of the match at the start of renaissance and now he's taking on senorito Jake DeLeon at first I thought Jake DeLeon was gonna be uh, healed because he had the JBL gimmick but when he came out of the ringside area he was high-fiving fans he was you know being the man of the people he is the top face of PWR. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's what he is. Okay, he's a good guy. That oh my wow. Oh, this guy's this guy's cool, man. Yeah, here. Oh my God, he he just high fived me. How awesome is that? Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm going behind him. I'm rallying behind this JDL guy. That's my initial reaction. Like from confusion to realization to yeah, this guy's good. Um. Okay, the match was very evenly. Out evenly done. I like you know JDL's uh, handspring splash, and then he does his uh, rolling thunder. Then he does this uh, Eddie Guerrero style thing. I think it's Latigo or Hampas Lupa. Oh, Hampas Lupa, yeah, Hampas Lupa. And then Brian Leo was more of the submission type guy. He has the figure for leg lock clamped on JDL, and it was perfectly done. You can see JDL struggle. He was struggling. Mr. DeLeon was like, God damn it. No, God, my leg. You know, if his leg was, you know, if his leg was saying something like that, he was like, oh, God, it hurts. Hurts like hell. Anyway, uh, my bad Western accent aside, the match ended with an Alipin drop or a Samoan drop and JDL pinning Leo for the three count. However... Scarlet put that leg of Brian Leo on the ropes so it shouldn't have been counted on so it was dubious means like saying Brian Leo's like hey my leg was on the rope what the hell is going on here 
the match should have not ended. And so he challenged JDL to a match, a rematch at the same time after the match. Sadly, JDL accepted, and he should not have. But this one cemented JDL and his character as the good guy, as the guy who will fight for what's right. And he felt that he wronged Brian Leo because, yeah, maybe his leg was on the rope. And he's going to prove without a, without a shadow of a doubt that he can beat Brian Leo fair and square. Sadly, he didn't because Brian Leo capitalized on this opportunity and took him down with a Styles Clash. I mean, the Royal Flushdown. It's like AJ Styles' finisher, the Styles Clash. Um, he kind of sets him up like a pile driver move, but instead it's like an inverted mat slam on the, f- on the mat. This YouTube AJ Styles is Styles Clash or if you're a WWE fan and never watched TNA or any indies where AJ Styles is, go check out Crash Holly's um, finisher, the bottom feeder. Rest in peace, Mr. Lockwood. Anyway, that's the ending of, you know, of PWR Renaissance. Uh, the post, post-show post was like there's a meet and greet, an informal meet and greet where the wrestlers just leave their backstage area, go ringside, slap hands of the fans, interact with them, say, hey, how are you doing? I hope you enjoy the match. Hey, this is cool. They even have poses with the fans. Like, I took a snapshot of Bombay Suarez doing his pose with a guy with glasses who turns out to be the future Mr. C. Yeah, I'm talking about Stanley C. Shoutouts to you, Mr. C. I hope you're listening. If you're not, I hope you're watching. But I don't think you can watch this podcast because this is audio. Unless this has a YouTube version, then you're watching the, uh, you know, the voices go up and down. Because it's not a video podcast, I'm sorry. (laughs) And uh, other things I can give out here. As I said, Chapter 1 showed the first and last matches of Robin Sane, of Epitaph, of D. Nelson Jr., and of the Maverick Mike Vargas. Out of all the four, I biased... I'm going to be biased when I say I wish that D. Nelson Jr. stayed. It would have been a funny character. It would have been the third guy of Canto Terror and Mark D. Manalo. They could have been a funny stable like the BWO or something of PWR. But logistics, real life work, personal issues might have, you know, prevented that from happening. So it sucks that it happened. Um... Epitaph, no clue what his character really was. Mike Vargas had some promise. He could have been maybe, right now, the current PWR standard. He could have been, he could have been one of those numbers that could have fought against the Brian Leo crew. Those standard baby face, kicking ass, taking names. Yeah. So those were the four people that never, never came back. Oh wait, wait a minute. We're, we didn't talk about what happened in between the matches. First off, there was this uh, this guy, this person who was a ringside interviewer chick lady. I never knew if it was uploaded in YouTube, but they were trying to do something something like, Hey, how are you feeling in this night? Pete or whatever, what you call it. You know, stuff like that. And then there was this 
interesting uh, scene. Someone proposed inside a ring. I think his name was Mickey Lioran. So, uh, Mickey, you got balls of steel, my man. Because not only did you make that proposal inside the very first PWR event, inside a PWR ring, but you got the girl to say yes, 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 yes. So congratulations to you guys. Very belatedly because I found out you guys, you know, married like end of December, end of 2014 or start of 2015. So yeah, that that was an awesome night for those two. It wasn't like just an awesome night for Philippine pro wrestling that came back after a long slumber in the 1980s. It was a happy ending for a loving couple. And this couple were wrestling fans. And that just makes it all the more sweet for me. Anyway, this is the end of Volume 1, Chapter 1, PWR Renaissance. I am your host, Martin. Check us out on Chapter 2, which will be out. Maybe in the next few weeks, I hope I can. (laughs) Anyway, enough about these stuff. Let's go to what matters most now. Because as of this recording, if we release this at the right time, it would be Feb 20th, 2016. And tonight will be the night of PWR Vendetta. And at PWR Vendetta, it will be awesome. Why? Because the main event will be Ralph Imabayashi versus Brian Leo for the PWR Championship. Also, there will be a champ versus champ match with Ken Warren, the PHX champion, versus Bombay Suarez, the MYPW Extreme Division champion. Also on the card will be Crystal versus Peter Versosa in the very first intergender wrestling match here in the Philippines. Also on tap, we will have Rhetoric Mahaba trying to get his very first win in PWR versus James Idol Martinez of the Network. How cool is that? Finally, it will be JDL, Jake DeLeon, the Senorito, taking on the Perfect Ten, Main Max. What's at stake, my friends? It will be JDL's Path of Gold privilege. So if Max wins, he will get the right to face either the PHX champ or the PWR champion at any time he pleases. If JDL wins... He's gonna keep nail this up and stick to the plan. Hey, 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 hey. And wrestle his way to Revolution X to face whoever the PWR champion is. If you listen to our last episode, I had my predictions with John. But that's been a couple of weeks already. So here's how, how I see how tonight will go down. First and foremost... Rhetoric, I'm sorry. The losing streak will continue. James Idol Martinez will win. Why? Because hashtag Idol wins. Nah, shenanigans. There you go. That's why he wins. Also, 
D. Ken Warren versus Bombay Suarez. Last time they met, it was Bombay who got the victory. This time, I'm sorry, but I can't. This time, I think it will still be Bombay who wins. Not because Deacon Warren is, you know, out of, uh, outclassed by Bombay. It's just that Bombay has a uh, inter-promotional title and they, I don't know, storytelling-wise, you gotta make him look strong. So, I'm going with that logic that he won an international belt. Might as well put it over first against Warren. And who better than Ken Warren and Bombay Suarez to put on a good show? I mean, we've seen them wrestle once and it was great. I've seen them even wrestle in a practice match in Inari Sports Arena like 2014. And it was nice. So these guys know... These guys will know what to do when they're in the ring. Right? Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go on to Peter versus versus Crystal. It's been 19 days or 20 days since that happened. Uh, well, I, I guess I got a pick, right? Okay, let's see. Uh, Peter versus wins. Something interesting is gonna happen after the match. If not. The fact that Crystal might turn heel or bad guy or something and just let PV pin her or the other way around. Yeah, that I, I'm just gonna pick. Versosa wins. There you go. Yeah. Also, we have right now Jake DeLeon versus Main Max. I still say it's uh, JDL who's gonna win this. Which leads us to the main event with Ralph Imabayashi and Brian Leo of the Royal Flush. For me, it's it's tough to decide on who's gonna win here. Trust me on this. Uh, it can go either way. And I'm not sure where the story, the long-term story of PWR goes. Because it's dependent on who's going to win here. If Imabayashi wins, it's going to be what? JDL versus Ralph. Versus maybe a possible person in Revolution X. That's That sounds interesting, but I think it might be JDL versus Imabayashi come May 2016. Why? Because I feel that someone's coming back. If not on Vendetta, it's going to be at PWR Live. And this guy has been waiting in the wings to face Brian Leo. Sadly, it's not yet 12 months. But it will be at Revolution X. So I, I'm making a tough call here and say Imabayashi wins. So Ralph gets his title. He keeps it. Brian Leo, on the other hand, will be 
preparing himself at Revolution X to face the man he fought last year. And this is the guy I'm pegging for a return. Mayhem Brannigan is gonna come back tonight. He will put the royal flush in its place and remind them that the Brannigan Brigade is back. So going on, it might be Mayhem taking on either Sebastian or Main Max at PWR Live as a setup match before he and Leo will face each other at Revolution X this coming May. That's just my predictions. Because um, if you read Smart Henry PH's uh, article, there's uh, five possible people who might return tonight. One of them is Mayhem. The other one is Mike Vargas, who we just talked about in Chapter 1. Another Chapter 1 staple, Robin Sane, and then D. Nelson Jr. And I forgot the fifth guy. Maybe Miguel Rosales. Yeah, Rosales might be back. I can't wait to see him back for... No, I can't wait to see Fighters for Hire back. That would be nice. Though, here's the thing. I doubt Nelson Jr. is coming back, and I kind of know why. I don't want to disclose why. A source close to me tells me that even though uh, I want this guy to come back, Mike Vargas, there's big. there's a big doubt on that as well. Um, Robin Sane, I'm not too sure if he's coming back, but I like... I'd like to see him come back, just like the previous two guys. Oh, oh wait, the fifth one was Canto Terror. KT, we miss you. So I really hope you're one of the two people coming back tonight. Okay, not your cousin who wears a lucha mask. Finally, yeah, mayhem makes sense. That's why I'm picking mayhem to be the guy returning tonight. And returning to PWR because that's right. Right? Right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please do not forget to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. That's Channel 14 at YouTube. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That's at CH14 on the Twitter. That's right. We also have a Google Plus page. Google Plus. Channel 14. We promise to update our Google Plus site. Right, AG? Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. And that's all the time we have for this episode of Jobber Talk. I am your host, Martin. I'll see you tonight at PWR Vendetta if you're watching. If you're not, well... Wish you did. See ya. And if you made it this far, this is the off-tangent segment and I would like to give a shout-out to Stan, to Ro, and to Camus. And congratulate you guys for the 100th episode of Smart Gilas Pilipinas Podcast. That's one of the uh, 
podcast I'm listening to, that's right, Smart Gilas Pilipinas Podcast, the SGP Podcast, a local-run podcast here in the Philippines. The longest reigning episodic weekly... Uh, you know what I mean. But yeah, congratulations to you guys. I am listening to episode number 100 after I record this. I am going to listen to episode number 100 after this recording. Scouts honor. Anyway, aside from them, I also listen to a couple of podcasts, but we'll get to that in a later episode. Right now, I would also like to say today is Feb 18 as of this recording. <laughs> yeah, it's two days before Vendetta. <laughs> And also tonight was Survivor. Sadly, I couldn't watch it because I was at work. I'll be watching it tonight or tomorrow night. Thank you, internet. Uh, oh yeah, I-, I heard Valentine's Day was last week. Uh, I don't know. Well, I just hope you guys had a great Valentine's Day. It's not just for those who are dating. It's not just for those who are single who want to say it's Single Awareness Day. It's not even just for the family, for those who are married, it's for everyone. No, so long as you give love to anyone you know, or just to sh- share the love, that's all. That's all well and good, right? But enough about me sounding preachy. I just hope you guys enjoyed your Valentine's Day weekend, and I hope you guys did not suffer through traffic. Aside from Valentine's Day, I also heard a new video game came out, Street Fighter V. And now I remember I don't have enough time to even buy it or play video games due to the hectic schedule. Yes, apparently I have a hectic schedule now. And the other news I want to talk about is the NBA All-Star Weekend. Man, it's Kobe's last All-Star game. And so funny, like 13 years ago, it was MJ's last All-Star game. You know you're old when uh, Kobe Bryant, when you saw him as a rookie when you were like 7 years old or 8 years old. Now he's retiring. After 20 years? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're all old guys. Dang. But yeah, as I said earlier, if you guys are watching Vendetta tonight, Saturday night at the iAcademy, I'll see you there. And just in case you don't know how I look like, I can give you one description right now. I... wait, what? Oh, right, right, I forgot one other match. It will be Sandata versus Joey Bax. In a match that has been long time coming since Terminus. Since the time Joey Bax attacked Sandata. And at PWR Live when Sandata fought back. After Bax lost to Chris Panzer. You know, it's, it's easy to say it might be Joey Bax who's going to win. Because Joey actually has a win compared to Sandata who apparently has... Zero wins and a lot of losses. But here's one thing people don't remember if they've been watching the product since, what, 
Renaissance 2014, it was Sandata who pinned Joey Bax at Revolution X to eliminate fighters for hire. Sure, Sandata and Peter Versosa never had the win there because it was Cantotero and MDM who won the match itself. I believe that tonight at Vendetta, it will be Sandata getting his first W, his legit W in PWR as he defeats Joey Bax. And that's a uh, off-tangent segment prediction right here. Anyway, where was I? Oh, right. If you're going to go tonight at the iAcademy Auditorium, I will be there. I will be watching as well. In fact, I'll tell you what I'll be wearing. I'll be wearing... (laughs) 